This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. That's right. It's an emergency podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, Jason Garrett. Finally, officially fired. Our long national nightmare is over. I said that with a little too much glee in my voice, certainly not becoming of um, someone in the Cowboys organization. My goodness, they treated this with the daintiest gloves uh, ever given to a, a coaching situation. Uh, we're going to dive into it with all the details. Not a full Super Friends show, but that's because we have Sean Wagner here. Sean, how are you doing? Sean Wagner McGuff, excuse me. I'm very happy for our, for our other guests. Big and... Uh, Someone who spent a lot of time on the podcast this year begging and pleading for the Cowboys to fire Jason Garrett. They finally did. Jared Dubin, how you doing, buddy? I, uh, I'm in mourning right now. The longest relationship of my life is over. It's me and my fire Jason Garrett stance. Um, going back almost eight years now, I went and looked through my Twitter and the, the first tweet I ever sent saying that the Cowboys should fire Jason Garrett came in 2012. Um, <laughs> we're now in 2020. Uh, I was still in law school when I sent that tweet. Oh. I mean, I got married in 2011. <laughs> like, like you've been trying like, to fire Jason Garrett almost as long as I've been married. Brinson's six now six year old kid was but a twinkle in his in his father's eye. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 been a long time coming. Let's just say that. Well, let's just say, I mean, first of all, it was a long time coming in terms of years. It was also a long time coming in terms of days. I mean, this this firing happened on Sunday, January 5th. The regular season ended, of course, last Sunday. So a week after the Cowboys were officially eliminated, uh, Jerry Jones waited that long to actually fire Jason Garrett. The Cowboys, it was reported, um, I think Ed Warder got at some point during Garrett Watch last week, Ed Warder of ESPN reported that it was basically a done deal. Our own Patrick Walker confirmed it. Every, I mean, look, everybody knew Jason Garrett was getting fired, but there was this little sliver, you know, made you wonder if he could creep his way back in there. Um, it didn't happen. Ian Rappaport of NFL media tweeted that like Jason Garrett finally allowed them to fire him, which is the weirdest phrasing I've ever heard of anything in my life. And then they released the statement. The Cowboys did. We are extremely grateful to Jason Garrett for his more than 20 years of service to the Dallas Cowboys as a player, assistant coach, and head coach. His level of commitment, character, and dedication to this organization has been outstanding at every stage of his career. In his nine full years as a head coach, he got blah, 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 blah. Um, this is, okay, this is not the statement I'm looking for. I read the wrong one. Sorry. Here's the, what I want is the, the one where Jason, they're like, they, uh, ah, um, Let's it's see. the same statement. It's just later in the statement. Where is it in the statement where they're like, we're, we've chosen not to renew. It's, or sorry, that was the first sentence. Like they said, that just, that they, just, they've chosen not to pursue a okay, contract they did, extension. They didn't put that out there and they took it out of the article on DallasCowboys.com. That's strange. Ooh, this is all that was in. I read it in that article on DallasCowboys.com and it has since been removed. It's just like they've, they've basically whitewashed any mention of 
the fact that they are not renewing his contract. Here's what they actually said. The Dallas Cowboys announced tonight that the team would not seek a new agreement on a contract extension with head coach Jason Garrett. This is the equivalent. And then Jerry's like, we're extremely grateful. This is the equivalent of not being back, invited back to school. Like, yeah, I mean, the whole statement was, I'm trying to search for a word that I can say on a podcast that's going to be on CBS. Debo complete. Um, so say whatever you want. It was nonsense. Um, <laughs> hey, I thought you were going with that. That's fine. Yeah. I like, I like, like <laughs> I, I can't believe that they actually, in the statement, cited the fact that Jason Garrett had them in position to play for the AFC title in the last game, the, sorry, the NFC East title in the last game of the year in four other seasons. Like, that's a positive thing. They lost all four of those games, by the way. I don't know why you're mentioning that. Like, this is a coach who missed the playoffs more times as a coach than Chan Gailey, Dave Campo, Wade Phillips, uh, whoever, what, Bill Parcells. I'm, I'm missing one of the idiots in there. Barry Switzer missed the playoffs more than all of those guys combined. And then they're trying to find ways like, oh, this, oh, the statement okay. just confirmed for me that this whole process has been bad so far. Like, it, it seems pretty clear that they did not actually want to do this. And they're only doing it because people are are angry enough that if they didn't do it, there would be like a mass revolt. You know, the just the way they were dragging this out, the lack of commitment they're showing to what needs to happen next and sort of the, the principles that need to guide whatever the next version of the organization are. And, you know, have, having this tortured uh, wording to show how successful Jason Garrett was. I mean, the guy went to the playoffs three times in nine years. He was not successful as a coach. Like, I don't care how you spin it. That's not a success. And they sort of bent over backwards to accommodate him in the final days. Like, it would be one thing if this guy was a good coach and it was just time. You know, like like one of the coaches that they're – that they interviewed the last couple of days, Mike McCarthy was a good coach in green Bay for a while. And it was just time by the end His his offense had grown stale. He wasn't necessarily getting along with Aaron Rodgers anymore. He had clearly fallen behind the times in terms of, you know, being aggressive and using play action and attacking the middle of the field. It was just time for him to go. It would, it would have made sense if the Packers, you know, twisted themselves into pretzels to avoid offending him on the way out. It makes no sense that the Cowboys did the same thing with Jason Garrett, who, you know, went to the playoffs three times, won two games in the playoffs, and I mean, consistently underachieved with the, given the talent that he had on hand. And, uh, the process is just so bad so far. The, the difference is that it feels like Jerry Jones desperately wanted this hiring to work out. Like he, he put all his eggs in the Jason Garrett basket and for so many years defended him. The fight, the part I find the most ironic is that, look, obviously, regardless if you think he's a good offensive coach or not, I'm guessing all three of us do not think he's a good offensive coach. He was the offensive coordinator, and he got the job because he was an offensive-minded coach. So I find it really ironic that if you would have said before the season, the Cowboys would have the second-best offense by DVOA behind only the Ravens, who are breaking records. They would have the best offense by yards, the sixth-best offense by points, and Jason Garrett's getting fired. I find that incredibly ironic because if you would have said that before the season, you're thinking this team's won 10, 11 games, and they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we use the line all season long that Dubin dropped in, like, week six or seven. He's like, this is a three and six team with six or a six and three team with three and six coaching or three and 19, whatever it was. It's like, and that's why they're six and six. I mean, and it's, it's just, it was spot on. I, I think, I mean, not to, you know, we want to push this, spin this forward and talk about what the Cowboys, I mean, I, I kind of want to break down the whole saga of what the Cowboys did waiting and waiting and waiting, but I would like to remind people 
you mentioned, you know, that Jason Garrett was hired in 2012. So I started writing on the internet and like. No, he was hired before that. That's just the first time I called for him to go. Oh, okay. So he was hired. He was actually hired in 2007. He was hired before Wade Phillips. Right, right, right. That's that's what I'm going to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So sorry. So I started writing my, I'm old now. I started writing on the internet in, um, like 2007 or 2008, somewhere in there. I mean, I've been writing on the internet for a freaking long time. And, um, back when, like when I was at Fan House, you know, the, the site Kissing Susie Colbert was a thing and it was like, like blogs were just starting. Kissing Susie Colbert had a, a weekly thing that Drew McGarry wrote where it was like Wade Phillips was this like lovable goofball who's like, Hey everybody. Like, and he's like trying to talk to Jerry Jones and then like Jason Garrett was like, walking around like the the building like trying to snipe wade phillips and like he'd meet with jerry jones and like do whatever it took in his power to like convince jerry that wade was a, a bumbling fool and he should fire wade phillips and then promote jason garrett and then it actually happened like the whole thing played out exactly the way that they that, that drew and and um and all those dudes jack Kogan and everybody talked about and like and then jason garrett kept the job from 2010 until now I, I, my first combine at CBS was Jason Garrett's first combine with the Cowboys. This is my 10th Super Bowl. He's been here forever. And I, by the way, I showed up there and he had the same pair of shoes on that I did. And I was like, oh, this sucks. He's probably um, still wearing those shoes now. The whole point, he doesn't change anything. In, in um, fairness, they're these really comfortable Kohans. <laughs> He, uh, I mean, he was hired with the express idea that he was going to take over for Wade Phillips one day. It yeah. wasn't necessarily going to be during the middle of a season like it wound up being because I think they started like one and seven or something like that that year, and they went five and three down the stretch. And you know, I think you know, similar to last year, most of those wins were by one score. Um, and then he sort of, you know, quote unquote, won the job because he went from one and seven to five and three. And it's like, yeah, he met expectations with the team that was a disaster early on when it should have been good. And then that just sort of allowed him to coast. I mean, he hasn't even called, he's an offensive coach. He hasn't called the plays since 2013. He's never been a defensive coach. His only jobs essentially were managing the clock, making two point and fourth down decisions. And, you know, leading the team and making sure his players don't get in trouble. And you could argue he was the worst coach in the league at all of those jobs. Um, and somehow he kept the job for, like you said, a decade. He's been with the Cowboys for so long, to put it in perspective in terms of my life. In the amount of time he's been at the Cowboys, I graduated middle school, graduated high school, <laughs> graduated college, and covered the NFL for five seasons. How is that even possible? I guess you, I guess he was hired when you were in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. Or it might have been my freshman year of high school, but. Well, are we, are we counting from his hiring as the head coach or hiring as the offensive coordinator? The offensive coordinator. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 2007, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2007. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so anyway, what, what do we make, Sean? I mean, we, we talked about this in the, in the roundup podcast early in the week, but like, what do you, what is your read or your thought on, on the way that Jerry Jones handled this? I know that. The common sense is that you know, he's trying to lay Jason Gear down easy, but I thought it was really interesting that um, Charles Robinson tweeted out uh, something that was like, you know, it was like Monday, nothing, Tuesday, nothing, Wednesday, nothing, Thursday, nothing, Friday, nothing, Saturday, nothing. Then it's like Sunday, Saints lose. He's like, you're fired, Jason. Get the hell out. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Like the, the, the idea being that like Sean Payton, a former Cowboys uh, coach, coordinator under Bill Parcells, might potentially have interest in that job. Do you think this is more about Jason Garrett, more about coaching candidates? 
Uh, there's been some buzz about Lincoln Riley. Where do you go here? So I've, I've gone through multiple theories. My first theory was they're just trying to be respectful towards him, like on Monday when he wasn't fired. And then Tuesday didn't happen. And then I was like, okay, I actually think they might be talking themselves into another Jason Garrett deal, or at the very least, Jerry doesn't want to fire him and is looking for a reason not to. Uh, and then it got to the point where it was like becoming a meme. Like I think Kevin Clark of the Ringer had this theory that Jason Garrett, because the exit meetings were just going on for days, that he was just literally going from meeting to meeting to meeting so he didn't have to face the Joneses. And then it was going to be September. He's like, oh, I guess the season starts. I guess I got a coach. My latest theory, because if you saw the tweet that the Cowboys sent out, is they've been trying to find a sponsor this entire time because their breaking <laughs> news was sponsored by LG Electronics. That's right there in the tweet. They fired Jason Garrett. Read more in breaking news presented by LG Electronics. So maybe they're trying to find a sponsor. I don't know. I don't think it's related to the coaching search in the sense that if they wanted a Sean Payton, for example, I don't think they will get Sean Payton. I don't know why they couldn't have fired Garrett last week. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. What I said to you, Brinson, on the last podcast we talked about this, though, is I think what it means is that none of the coaches right there who have been interviewing with a lot of teams, maybe it means the Cowboys aren't interested in them um, because they would be giving these other teams a big head start on that. But I don't really, I think the only reason to explain the absence is they did not want to fire him. And I think there was actually a small part of them. I think Dubin was just saying this, that maybe wanted to keep him. Yeah, I'm with you. None of the explanations that have been floated throughout the week for the reasons why they didn't just let him go the day after the season or the night of the season, like the Browns did with Freddie Kitchens, none of them hold any water. Like it's, it's not more respectful to him to not fire him and then interview two coaches before you announce that you're not bringing him back. <laughs> it's not more respectful to him to, you know, have the, do this like in the middle of a playoff game of your division rival. Like n- none of this respects him in any way. The only theory that holds any water is that Jerry was looking for an excuse to bring him back either as a coach or in some other capacity because He's an egomaniac and he thinks that he knows better than everybody else. Like that's something that explains all of the decision making of the Cowboys throughout history. Why would this situation be any different? You know, I don't see it being connected to, to any particular coaching candidate. Like none of that necessitates not firing Jason Garrett before. Like maybe now is the time when you can actually put in a, a request to the Saints about Sean Payton, which I imagine they'll do, even though I don't expect it to actually happen. I mean, the guy signed a five-year extension before the season, but you didn't have to wait to fire Jason Garrett until Sean Payton got knocked out of the playoffs. Like, you could have talked to any number of coaches before that. They did talk to two coaches (laughs) before that. Also, sorry, keep going. No, it's just, um, again, it's the process. There was no reason to do this this way. Um, It's just, it's really discouraging to me just in terms of the way that they're going to wind up picking the next coach. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about all the candidates. To me, I'm sort of agnostic on who they end up hiring. I care way more about the process that they take to get there and the reasons that they pick the coach that they pick. And given the way this has gone so far, I'm not encouraged at all about the process they're going to be using over the next however long they're going to take to make the decision. I I thought that – I mean, I, I sort of, this is where I sort of landed on it is that originally I, d- I definitely thought that they were, there were some shenanigans in play. Like they were trying to wait till January 14th so that way, you know, Garrett's contract would toll and they wouldn't have to like technically fire him. They couldn't go on a search until that happened or something like that. I do think now that Jerry Jones was trying to do this in as respectful a way as possible. Let, and look, like he's been there a long time. That's a, like, imagine if we fired Prisco. 
right? Because you got to figure coaching years, you got to multiply by like three, you know, like, so it's like, it's like dog years, you know, like the coaching year, coaching years. If you've been somewhere for 10 years as a head coach, that's a really long time. So if we fired Prisco, I mean, would it be an unceremonious like, get the hell out? Maybe, maybe it would be. I don't know. Debo, what do you think? Would we can him or we just move on? I mean, I feel like he'd get some sort of like, you know, as long as it wasn't fired for like, you know, doing something bad. Like, I feel like he would get like a, a, a great farewell. Like, sorry, Pete, this has been great. We'd all applaud him and all of that. He'd get tons of congrats tweets and all that stuff he wanted. Like, I feel There's like there's a key difference between Prisco and Jason Garrett that I think is pretty relevant here. People like Prisco? Prisco has at least been successful. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like, I think that as a former quarterback with the organization, as the former offensive coordinator, as the, as the head coach for 10 years, they were trying to give him this great send-off. And I think while getting the send-off, Jason Garrett was like talking to Jerry. I, I agree with you. Like Jerry Jones wants more than anything for the guy he handpicked to win him a title. And he believed he, like, they'd done well enough in, ter- in certain seasons for him to believe that this could work. And so he was trying, he was like, I think Jerry Jones was trying to convince himself that he could bring it back. And ultimately it was Stephen Jones who's like, look, dad, this isn't working. It's like, it's not working. We've got to move on. You said, I told you he could, you know, we, we had a deal. If he won the Super Bowl, he could stay and he didn't win the Super Bowl. So it's time to go. And then, but Jason Garrett just kept trying to like linger on the building. You heard Jay Glazer reported he'd never seen anything like it before in terms of Jason Garrett, like trying to, be like, all right, listen, I don't know if I, this is really what you guys want to do. Like, are you sure, Jerry? Like, are you sure? And ultimately. I've never heard of exit meetings going on for six days. Like, <laughs> it's insane. This is nothing that has ever happened in the history of the world. Yeah. Like, not just football, like any business. Right. And so I, I just think that Jerry was sort of playing along with Jason and trying to do all that. And Steven was working behind the scenes. And ultimately they, they finally, you know, maybe it was like, Hey, look, like, I, maybe Sean Payton was the impetus. You know, they're like, hey, listen, if we want a shot at Sean Payton, he maybe he's feels like this is it with Drew Brees in New Orleans. I don't, I mean, who know, who the hell knows, right? Like, now is the chance to pry him away or something like that. Or, you know, hey, look, Lincoln Riley's ready to make a move. Matt Rule is ready to make a move. We need to be in this by Monday. This cannot linger into the following week. And so that that's why I think they probably ultimately decided to do it tonight. Or maybe they just wanted to steal the thunder from the from the um. <laughs> I mean, all of that is possible, but that doesn't explain why they held on for the full week. Like, if, if this was Sunday of week 17 and they were like, you know, the, the Saints didn't make the playoffs, we gotta check in on Peyton tomorrow, that would have made sense. But they held on through the entire first week before the playoffs and fired him during the last game of wildcard weekend. Like, there, there was no reason to drag this out for a week. There just wasn't. Um, it wasn't respectful. It doesn't hold any water that he needed to hold exit meetings. Like, he's not going to be the coach. What does he need to hold exit meetings for? Like, he has a cell phone. He could say goodbye to these guys however he wants. Also, doesn't it, doesn't delaying it by a week when teams are looking for coaches kind of do him a little bit of a disservice? Because if he wants to put his name out there for other coaching jobs, you would think he would like to get fired quicker than wait a week where he's not a candidate for these jobs. You know what? Actually, the the only theory that was floated out there that I think holds a little bit of water is he didn't want the Giants to hire him, so he tried to wait out the Giants. But the that's stupid because the Giants <laughs> hiring him would be great. <laughs> like, I mean, the, if the Giants hire him, all right. Well, let's let's get to that real quick, and then 
Well, actually, first, Dubin, is there anything else that you need to get off your chest as it as it relates to the Jason Garrett era? Yeah, I think that it's it's very <laughs> impressive that he was more aggressive on fourth down of his coaching tenure than he was on all of the fourth downs he faced during his coaching tenure during his entire coaching career. You mean on the final game, right? No, I'm saying he was more aggressive trying to save his job oh. than he ever was in all of the situations where if he would have just been aggressive, he his job might not have been in jeopardy. Yeah, I, that's, that's absolutely true. That's a great point. Um, where do you think Sean Jason Garrett lands? Are we talking about OC? Do you think he gets another job? I mean, established I mean, veteran coaches is sort of the hot thing this offseason. I mean, we, and we know the NFL loves a retread, and yeah. it's a very connection-based field. Uh, I mean, I kind of feel like for him, like the thing is, like Dubin was saying, it's like I feel like the Joneses wanted to bring him back, but they couldn't because they understand the perception. Like the fan base would riot if he comes back. I almost feel like, like Mike McCarthy, he needs a year away to kind of like help rehab his image just because in a year – There'll be some other coach who's had a job for a long time that everyone is going to be gunning for on social media and Twitter. Uh, but I, I mean, I absolutely think he'll be back in some form, maybe not as a head coach, but an offensive coordinator. I mean, this is the NFL. You see every single coach get second or third chances. Yeah, I bet like if Scott Turner gets a job somewhere, he'll be like, I'll bring in Jason Garrett as my offensive coordinator. Um, I think Scott but the, the, the thing about Mike Mc... – no, no, I'm not saying that that's actually going to happen. I'm, let, let's say next year that gotcha. Scott Turner goes with Ron Rivera in Washington. Their offense is really good. All of a sudden he gets a job. Like that family obviously has connections to Jason Garrett. Garrett said before the season he's still running Norv Turner's offense from, from 1992. Like that's another reason <laughs> that he needs to go. But you know, you brought up Mike McCarthy like – that year away to rehab your image only works if you do the things that Mike McCarthy apparently did. You know, they're studying tape of like every team in the league or whatever, holding coaches meetings throughout the year, preparing if they're the third, as if they're the 33rd team. And like apparently he has plans to build a football technology department and an analytics department. And, you know, he keeps trying to at least sell the perception that he's gotten religion on, you know, being more aggressive and leaning into at least applying the, analytical decision making into his framework you know it's it's nobody i don't think advocates for someone to say this is what quote unquote the analytics say you should do and then you just do that nobody says you should do that but you should at least have the information at your disposal so you know if you're going against it that you're going against it jason garrett proudly and aggressively you know told anyone who would listen that not only did he not utilize the information, he didn't even want the information so he could make an informed decision. That's something that you can't do. And that perception about him is out there now. And as teams are starting to get smarter about this stuff, you have to reverse that perception. That's why Mike, McCar- Mike McCarthy did all this stuff this year. You know, he's got to obviously convince teams that it's for real and he's got to, you know, not kick on fourth and one inside the 20 three times in the same playoff game and then come out and defend the decision a day later. But, you know, you got to be able to to reverse that perception. And at least McCarthy put in the work to do it. Given the way Garrett has talked about that kind of thing, I do not have faith that he'll do the same thing. This is how I feel like it's going to happen, though. It's just there's going to be too many jobs next offseason opening. And, like, the question is always, uh, if you fire this coach, who are you going to replace him with? And there's not a lot of answers. And someone, I'm not saying these people are right, but people are going to start to say, you know, Jason Garrett was 18 games over 500 in Dallas. And the Cowboys are coming off. Say next year they go 8-8, eight and eight, and Dak doesn't have a good year. And, I mean, who knows? And, and they, they're, they're going to say, who could win in Dallas? It's probably the Joneses. Like, you have to work with that owner. They don't know what they're doing. 
Jason Garrett went 18 games over in Dallas. Like that's, that's pretty good. And that, that's how they're going to talk themselves into it. I don't even know if he has to do anything. And teams are, like, the bottom line is teams are dumb, right? So like mm-hmm. they will just look at that record and say 85 and 67. I will take some of that. I think we should always operate with the framework that, that teams are going to be wrong more often than not. You know, it's, it's likely the Cowboys will get this higher wrong because most, most teams get most coaching hires wrong. That's why guys only last three or four years, but you should at least apply the right process for your decision making. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will rip through some Cowboys candidates. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so Garrett's fired. Zdubin points out you need to have the right process. Sean agrees. I agree. Will the Cowboys, Zdubin, have the right process in selecting their new head coach? And what what would I don't I mean? I guess the outside of the obvious one, which is uh, hire Marvin Lewis, who <laughs> apparently has deme- has made it clear to the Cowboys. I mean, at least according to some reports out there, I don't know exactly who, so I don't want to cite it wrong, but has basically said, if you hire me, I, I will require that I have Hugh Jackson as my offensive coordinator, which I mean, like, would you, would you rather have Jason Garrett or that? Jason Garrett. Right. Oh. Wow. I don't think that's who the Cowboys will hire. I don't either. Um, look, I'm, like I said, I'm not encouraged by the way the process has gone so far. There's obviously still plenty of time to reverse that and, and have a good process where they talk to a bunch of candidates from, you know, all over the league, from all over college, from, you know, offensive coaches, defensive coaches, you know, they shouldn't leave any stones unturned. Like people have been talking about it for a while. Like it's one of the premier coaching jobs in the league, even if you think it's a hassle to work for the Joneses, like they can clearly, afford to get anybody that they want, um, whether the cost is money, draft picks, whatever, they should talk to whoever they can find that is interested and they think would be good. And they shouldn't limit themselves to a certain kind of coach or a certain style of coach. Like they shouldn't only talk to offensive coaches. They shouldn't only talk to coaches with, you know, head coaching experience in the NFL before they should talk to, to everybody there is. And, um, you know, my, my brother, Obviously, uh, as a Cowboys fan like me, me, him and my dad were talking about this and he was like, I bet Marvin Lewis is just, you know, they're talking to him to satisfy the Rooney rule. And I said, you know, there's, there's no requirement that the coach you talk to to satisfy the Rooney rule has to be a coach we know isn't good. Like you could talk to a, a black coach who knows what he's doing, you know? Um, like <laughs> there, there are, there are plenty of other candidates, um, out there, you know, everybody's talking about Eric Bieniemy as a, a one of the top candidates in soft season. They could talk to Robert Sala, who's not black. He's an and an, uh, I believe he's an Arab American uh, and would qualify as you know talking to someone to satisfy the Rooney Rule. But also, don't talk to someone just to satisfy the Rooney Rule. Go into an interview and and have that person, whoever it is, have a chance to win the job. That's how the Steelers wound up with Mike Tomlin. 
they they talked to him and gave him a chance in the room, and he won the job, and he's been there for however long, like 10 years or so. So I think the Cowboys should do the same thing. Talk to anybody and everybody. Allow yourself to be convinced. And, you know, whoever comes up with the best plan to, to maximize Dak to fix the defense, that should be the guy you hire. It shouldn't just be, you know, we're hiring Mike Zimmer because Jerry's always liked him. You know, if Mike Zimmer is the guy, it should be for a good reason, not because, you know, he used to coach for the Cowboys and Jerry liked him. Well, I have good news for you. Um, Sean, what do you think? Who, uh, where should they go? I mean, the name that's, in, the name that sticks out to me is Greg Roman. Um, I mean, I think if you look at, obviously, the quarterbacks Greg Roman has had success with, Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor, and now Lamar Jackson, um, I think you can certainly look at Dak and say, oh, there's some skills that translate or that those quarterbacks all have in common. Um, and look, Dubin and every Cowboys fans right, rightly get upset about Jason Garrett's conservativeness. And you would hope or think that even though it's John Harbaugh making decisions in Baltimore, that Greg Roman is seeing how them being aggressive on fourth down is working out, and he would bring that same aggressive decision-making to whatever head coaching job he gets. And I know hiring an offensive coordinator who hasn't been a head coach comes with its risks, its risks and you have no idea – how it's going to work out, but he's been around a long time. Like he's not like the bears hired Matt Nagy and he was calling plays for half a season. I think that's the one where it's like, Oh, are we sure he's going to be good in the head coaching role? He's been around a really long time. I mean, he's been the offensive coordinator, San Francisco, Buffalo, Baltimore. He was at Stanford as an assistant coach. And before that, um, he was an assistant offensive coach for a really long time, dating back to 1995 at the Panthers. So I think he would be at the top of my list, but I, I agree with you. And like someone like Eric Bieniemy, also, I think the, the idea has to be you have to get someone who's forward thinking, um, who can get the most out of Dak and won't lean on Zeke necessarily in the way that Jason Garrett's offenses have. Can, um, let me see if I can point this out correctly. Um, do you think that there's a pro- potential problem with who they would hire, um, in terms of like wanting to have a, a Texas guy there? Like, I'm pretty sure all the Cowboys coaches through the history of time have been like middle-aged white dudes. And I'm not saying that they have to hire a middle-aged white guy, but like additionally, like, you know, Jason Garrett was the former quarterback, the young offensive savant. Um, like, do you think they would pass on Greg Roman because he doesn't fit Jerry Jones's idea of what would be a good quarter or good head coach? I kind of feel like they might. Yeah. Like, like I, like I said, I don't have faith in, in their process. <laughs> I, um, like I feel like they want they want someone who can, like, right or wrong, and in, in in this case, very very wrong. I think Jerry Jones looked at Jason Garrett down there and was like, "This guy's commanding it. He has that presence, that that uh, je ne sais quoi quality about him." You know, like like he just, I, you you know what I'm saying? Like I just, you can tell like certain people are going to hire certain ways. It doesn't feel like Jerry Jones is going to go thinking outside the like he wouldn't hire Mark Tressman. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's well, probably he got thing. that one right. Um, yeah, I think he got yeah, that one. Right. You know what I'm, you know I, what I'm saying? I think that Jerry does have other considerations in mind. I think a big one is they want to win the press conference. Yep. That that is like a number one concern for that organization almost all of the time. Um, I also think though they haven't really held a coaching search since 2007. There was right. no search uh, when they hired Jason Garrett as a replacement, and Wade Phillips was kind of not what people expected after Bill Parcells either. Um, so that was, that was sort of unexpected there when they did it after, uh, Barry Switzer and they landed on, uh, on Dave Campo. That was not really expected either. Or sorry, Chan Gailey, yeah. and Dave Campo, like 
those were not expected hires either. Um, and then there were obviously rumors about Bill Parcells for years. Um, so I, I don't know that they've necessarily adhered to any sort of strict, you know, we have to hire a certain kind of guy. I do think you're right. Like, I, it hasn't happened certainly since I've been alive. They have not had uh, a coach who was not a white man. Um, so they've, they've, never had, be... they've never had one. I mean, they've just never had a non like, and I mean, I'm not trying to say that all these guys are the same, but like Jimmy Johnson's from Texas, you know, Barry Switzer, Arkansas. Woo! You know, Chan Gailey is probably from, I don't think Jimmy's from Texas, by the way. I think he's from uh, Oklahoma. I think he's born in Texas. He's born in Port Arthur, Texas. Was he? Uh, and he went to Arkansas like Jerry Jones. Um, Chan Gailey. More importantly, Chan more Gailey. importantly yeah. coached at the University of Miami. Right. That's right. They ruined Miami forever by dragging him away and letting Bush Davis take him out. Uh, Chan Gailey, Gainesville, Georgia. Like, I mean, Dave Campo, not, you know, he's from like Connecticut. But I mean, like he'd been around coaching forever and had been, you know, been around the Cowboys. Um, Bill Parcells, I mean, Bill Parcells is Bill freaking Parcells. Uh, Wade Phillips, you know, Orange, Texas, been around forever. Um, it, it just feels like, and I, I think Wade, I think Wade Phillips got a raw deal. And then Jason Garrett, the former Cowboys coach, like there's a very clear archetype for who they would want to hire, which is why. And I just think it's been so long since, like it's been 13 years. It's, maybe. it's obviously possible the archetype could have changed since then. Sure. But. There are times Jason Garrett. Like, why would I would think that? I mean, you know, you look at the candidates. I have them up from uh, from Odd Shark here. Lincoln Riley is even, and he was five to one less than a week ago. I've been yeah, that seems crazy. Even odds. I've been mentioning that there was some Lincoln Riley buzz out there. Yeah. Um, Uh, Look, he's he's clearly had a lot of success with different kinds of quarterbacks in each of the last three years. So there, there are merits to his case. I would obviously like to know what his actual plan is and like, if he's ever going to pay attention to defense ever, um, you know, that would be nice. Somebody floated, uh, you know, the possibility of bringing him with, you know, an established defensive coordinator type like the Rams did with Sean McVay and Wade Phillips. Um, but you know, even, even other guys like Matt, Matt rule fits the archetype you're talking about. He's a Baylor guy. He's a Texas guy. Um, I don't know who else among the the list that's out there would necessarily fit it, but like Dan Mullen's been in the SEC his whole life. He was Prescott's uh, a coach in college. Gary Kubiak obviously been in Texas was with was with Houston, uh, coached in the NFL obviously a long time. Um, you know, plenty of other guys on the list I think could fit. The the ones that I think don't necessarily fit that are. You know, your assistant coaches, like you mentioned, like Robert Saleh is someone that really just became a, a head coach candidate this year. Biennemi obviously is in the Andy Reid tree, but I think this was his, what, second year as offensive coordinator? Um, and I don't think it's called plays. Obviously, Andy Reid calls the plays. Um, Greg Roman, I don't think, was necessarily thought of as a head coach candidate before this year, even though he's been a really good offensive coordinator for a while now. You know, Sean mentioned having success going back to Kaepernick, which was, what, like 2000. 12 or 2013 um and then you know the other coaches on the list are like josh mcdaniels urban meyer those are you know win the press conference type guys apparently people expect mcdaniels to leave new england i didn't realize that until romo and nance were talking about it so openly during the game yesterday but apparently that might happen i mean obviously it's been connected to to carolina and the giants more than dallas but i mean he's got the second best odds on that list i know who knows yeah i mean i think that would I think McDaniels would be a tough sell for McDaniels because mm. even though there's a ton of 
stuff there. Like you're going to have to convince him that you're going to, that everything's going to be lined up in terms of buying the groceries, et cetera. And like the, the underlying, the underlying belief, I think in league circles is that McDaniels is going to want to bring somebody with him to be the GM. Like he's not going to show up and just be like, cool, Jerry, give me who you got. And then you know, if it doesn't work out, I'll get fired. They would, they would be wise to like, be like, why don't you bring, and they're so entrenched in their current setup. Like they're not going to hand out a bunch of power. I don't think Cowboys Jerry is never going to name somebody, not Jerry as the GM. Right. Never going to yeah. happen. I mean, like Stephen Jones is the next GM, right? I mean, if if that's like, yeah, I mean, I I would guess like when Stephen Jones becomes the primary, which I mean is obviously not going to happen unless and until Jerry dies. But right. I could see Will McClay, who's been yeah. their personnel guy for so long, I could see him technically becoming the GM. Um, Stephen is could, the vice president of player personnel, though. So well, you could those. see you could see like Stephen becoming the. The uh, becoming the traditional owner of the Cowboys mm-hmm. and, you know, doing what normal owners do and hiring a GM and like making Will McClay the GM, which would make a lot more sense. I don't know. I, I just think McDaniel's a hard time. I think Lincoln Riley's the guy. If they can make, if they can make the push, Riley's top quarterback guy decommitted recently. Um, you know, he's made it to the playoffs, but he's gotten, he's got his teeth kicked in. His stock couldn't be higher. You know, just in terms of, you know, the head coaching position, this is a once in a lifetime shot potentially at the Cowboys job. Uh, anybody else, Sean, that, that, uh, that, that makes you think? I mean, I think the keep the thing to keep in mind. You guys are talking about like the types they like to hire. I mean, weren't we saying for years that the reason Jason Garrett likes, or sorry, the reason Jerry Jones likes Jason Garrett is because it's this non-dominant personality who's yeah. just willing to go along with it. So when we throw out names like Urban Meyer or these other guys who have had control, like if you're a college coach, like you are the kingmaker and you get to do everything, you are in charge of everything. It's hard for me to imagine. Ryan always brings this up. Like, why would a college coach? want to leave where you're suddenly going to this franchise that has this very strict power structure in place and you are not going to be the guy making the decisions. And that's why I don't think you mentioned Josh McDaniels. I, I can't see him coming there because I think he is in a position where he is highly coveted every single offseason. He can demand from a team like I'm bringing my guy. I'm going to be I'm going to have the same personnel and all that. And I don't know if Dallas is going to afford anyone those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see McDaniels for exactly the same reason. Um, I, I think it would take – I hate when everybody says a godfather offer because literally a godfather offer is either you do what I'm saying or I will shoot you in the head. Um, so well, there's something you can't refuse. Yeah, I mean it, it would take obviously uh, an enormous offer I think to lure either Lincoln Riley or Matt Rule away from their college jobs. I, I don't – know as much about rule if only because i've seen oklahoma play on tv and i haven't really seen baylor because i don't watch that as quite that much college um but apparently he's got himself a pretty nice setup down there and it would presumably take a lot to lure him away but you know the the thing that sean said about jerry wanting to have the full control i mean that is i guess an argument for one of the you know coordinator types that hasn't had a job before it, it's hard to see, for example, Greg Roman or Robert Saleh having the power over Jerry Jones. You know, right. that's it's like, you know, I, I'm taking this job because I want to be a head coach. Um, so that is an argument for one of those types winding up with the job, I think. All right. We'll get out of here on this. I just want to point this out. Des Bryant tweeting through it. Firing shots. Did. I don't have no sympathy for Coach Garrett losing his job. The Cowboys just became real contenders. And then somebody quote tweeted, was like, that says a lot about a character, man. Don't ever kick a man when he's down. He said, man, it's, it's so much I can say. I'm being 
Nice. There you go. The Jason Garrett era has officially ended. The Cowboys ran him off. Jared Dubin, Sean Wagner, great stuff, guys. We will talk to you guys soon. Make sure and check out our recap pod as well, breaking down everything from Sunday, Sunday afternoon to Sunday evenings games. And, of course, we'll be covering the Cowboys coaching search as it moves on. Great stuff, fellas. Talk soon.